Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Afternoon, Marie. Good afternoon to you, Sean. Nice, You're son. dead right. I did. <laughs> you talked about the yawning. <laughs> it was so funny. I found myself yawning and I just wondered did the same thing apply to humans. Uh, is it a nice day down there? It's a glorious day. It's absolutely gorgeous. Sure, everything, it could be spilling rain here now and we'd be all in a very good humour in Limerick. <laughs> and um, so, yes, yeah, so the weather is just adding to the sheer this joy. This is just God everything. congratulating you. Uh, exactly yeah. yeah it's a day now it's mind you it's a day for Ballybunion if you could get over there yeah and and farmers really should get out there and go to the beach and go to the scenic spots and do the the wild atlantic way because things grass has grown well second cut silage is in animals are really happy you, you know you'll hardly look if you drive down the roads now the motorways in particular and look out onto the fields most of the cattle are all sitting down tune the code happy out so it's a, it's a nice time of the year and a time to look after yourself and you know just just generally take a bit of time 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 off there'll be plenty of work to be done in the winter and you don't need to be doing it now right have notwithstanding all of that you're a wee bit vexed about uh, the hedges well, I am actually now because uh, I, I suppose I could go uh, walk around the farm for my walk and um, I try to do six kilometres a day and you, you can do that, but you could end up getting your foot hooked in a, you know, a pothole or something like that. Now, this is beyond the farm and, you know, it's harder to walk land than it is on the public road. But down around here anyway, and I presume it's a fact with most of the country, well, there's rules there anyway. The thing is that farmers, they're not allowed cut hedges until after the 31st of August and they can do it up to the 28th of February. But that means that all the growth that came during the summer on the verges, the road verges, is still there and will be there for another week. Or Yeah, yeah, another week at this stage. And um, it's made walking on the road really difficult for walkers because I would reckon on any given stretch of country road, there's about a, a metre's worth of growth after happening that is really stopping the visibility of people when they're walking and the traffic, come, oncoming traffic to see them. And if farmers, you know, people, people give out about farmers not cutting the hedges, but they're really, the rules are quite strict. And there are penalties um, if you cut outside the given times. Um, there are exemptions, and that's mainly for you know road they are for road safety but where we see them in operation here is it's road safety around road junctions you know you're turning left or right or going Mm. straight on or one you know junctions because honest to god you couldn't see a thing you'd have to pull half the car out or if you were driving and then if you're walking you know there's a lack of visibility of the walkers so i i really there's about three hundred thousand kilometers of hedges in the country and the the hedges you know take away motorways and all of that sort of stuff you're not talking about an awful lot of hedges. And I think for personal safety, both for vehicle drivers and for walkers, you know, they should consider looking at that date a little bit closer again. Um, because you, you can't step into a hedge so you can't see where your feet are going to land if there's a car or a lorry coming against you mm. on a narrow country road. And, um, you know, it, it, having the, the verges cut in timely manner, um, I think make an awful lot of difference to safety who and to near accidents and, and to, you know, the sheer stress of driving on roads, not knowing what's going to be around the corner. Uh, who deci- who decides on that, Mairead, anyway, by the way? Is well, it, it's, it, a, it's a department. A, 
Well, it's a, it's, I don't know whether it's the Department of Agriculture or the Environment, but I mean, there is, the rule is there. You can't cut until after the 31st of August, and then you can cut up until the 28th of February. Um, you can only avoid doing that if for certain exemptions, and the main exemption is road safety. So that exemption is already there, but it's used nearly exclusively to the, you know, you're coming up to a crossroads mm, yeah. and there's a sign there. But that takes into account a lot of the danger for cars, but it doesn't take into account a lot of the dangers for walkers. And certainly I see around here, there's far fewer people out walking now because they just can't risk it uh, because the traffic volume has, you know, doubled up again. And, um, you know, it's gone back to normal levels. So, like, I mean, I think I was saying before, there was a stretch of road that I walk on that um, I often wondered why I never walked on it before. Uh, it was a grand straight stretch and plenty of houses on it and plenty of people to kind of talk to. And uh, I haven't walked it since June, May, June, because it's just, the traffic is just mounted up on it. And uh, it's it's got so much busier that you'd be taking your life in your hands. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Now, uh, on uh, also uh, staying with the subject of danger, um, uh, a slurry, we have spoken about this uh, before, but it's worth repeating it. Yeah, it was, um, slurry is um, uh, odourless and um, colourless. It's, it's, you know, a fume that is both odourless and colourless, which makes it very dangerous for humans to be around. And um, every year there's nearly some serious accident with regards to agitating slurry and the fumes knocking people out or in the worst case scenario, actually people dying as a result of it. So there's um, last week there was, um, uh, you know, just as a reminder and how simple things can happen. There was a case above in, in Longford, a farming family. They had a really lucky escape. The farmer was finishing up milking in the morning. He was the last eight cows were going out at the parlour. And um, at the same time, the contractor was uh, agitating slurry, which is basically stirring it to kind of give it an even texture, uh, about 100 metres away, just over the yard. And somehow or another, the, the fumes came back towards the milking parlour and they knocked out the farmer and he was unconscious. And um, a family member who was visually impaired went to get help and the farmer's wife found her husband and you know unconscious and tried to rescue him and immediately she was rendered unconscious as well Crikey. now they were very very lucky that there were other family members about and people coming into the yard it was a busy yard and they were rescued um and and they came too but it was a very very near miss and it's just to remind people that if you're going and working with slurry to tell somebody where you are um and, you know, to just be incredibly careful. I mean, the, you know, the man who was uh, milking the cows, he didn't see, uh, you know, he didn't smell the gas. He didn't see the gas and he didn't ex- think there could be any problem. It's probably something that's been done for years. Mm. And then his wife then to be also um, knocked out. You know, if there'd been nobody else in the yard at the time, where would they be now? So, again, it's just a reminder to farmers to be very, very careful around um, spreading slurry and to remember it's odourless and it's um, invisible and as such is a really, really serious threat. Right. OK. Now, uh, they're, they're getting more cattle in Brazil. <laughs> well, if you want now to agitate a group of farmers, this is how you'll do it. You'll tell them about Brazil and their extra cattle. 
there, I think farmers are very confused about what the EU and the government plans are, especially when it comes to cutting carbon emissions by cutting back on Irish livestock numbers. And, and why are they confused? Well, you know, here in Ireland, we're asking the, the 12 cow man in Belmont to give up a cow or two and have them cold more or less or to cut back on numbers. And in the meantime, you have Brazil forecasting an absolute explosion in its cattle herd size. And Brazil is one of the biggest cattle producers in the world. Absolutely huge. And what they're planning to do now is they're going to, listen to this, they're going to expand the numbers by 24 million cattle. 24 million. Mm. Now, actually, I'm not sure even if it's herds, if it's cattle or cows. It could be cows. Um, 24 million. It's an annual growth of 25% a year up to 2030. And you tell that, you explain how that can be happening to the suckler farmer, as I said, in Bell Mullet, who's been told his 10 suckler cows are destroying the planet. Um, to put it in perspective, it's this the increase in numbers they're talking about is 25 times the size of our own suckler cow population in this country. And um, it's a great report by um, Declan O'Brien and Phelan O'Neill in this week's Farmers' Journal. And every farmer should read it and put it to their politicians. Um, but the country's national herd will go to over 210 million uh, cows by 2030. Mm. And it comes when the level of deforestation hits a 12-year high it hit it there last year in 2020. An area the size of Mayo and Galway was stripped for to, to extend the grazing ground for these, these cattle. So the farm organisations are warning that cutting back the numbers here will lead to carbon leakage by shifting productions to regions that are not as carbon efficient as we are. Like according to the UN, the average greenhouse gas footprint for beef produced in Western Europe is two and a half times less than the global average and over three times less than beef produced in in um, in uh, Latin America. Right. And, you know, it really is reducing the beef and dairy production in Ireland is not going to reduce global production of these products. But sure, if they, will that make any difference whatsoever? To, Brazil doesn't care how many cows we have. They're well, going to well, do what it. they do. Yeah, but I mean, here, far, you know, farmers are really feeling very, very frustrated and very confused. And after getting efficiency levels up in, in particularly in the dairy sector since the quotas were gone or were abandoned, now they're being told to farm mainly for the environment and to hell with production. And, and mm. in the meantime, this is going on. So you're only yeah, but going we to sure, The European transfer. Union's no control over what Brazil does. And no, like, they don't. All have, that tells yeah. them is that the European Union cares about climate change. Brazil's run by a cut-rate version of Trump who doesn't give a damn about climate change. Well, exactly. He doesn't give a damn. And then you end up here. We end up paying for it. Uh, well, we're all, we're all going to end up paying for it. Uh, that, that's for sure. Uh, the, well, the entire planet will end up paying for it. Exactly, yeah. But, I mean, to have 24 million extra cattle, that's the numbers that they are pushing for by between now and the next nine years. What is that that I say? 25 times the size of our total suckler cow herd in this country. And that's just the additional um, cattle that they're planning on there, yeah. not what they have already, which yeah. comes to about 210 million. Absolutely. So not. I think, they're, you know, they're the broader questions that need to be answered. You can't be just looking at a thing in a microcosm. You know, you, ha you have to understand the, the, what the global thing is as well. And, um, and, you know, when you see that going on, you just, 
try and convince an Irish farmer that giving up two cows of these 12 sucklers is going to save the planet is very, very difficult. Uh, right now, somebody was in, uh, was on to us asking about robins. That's right, yeah. Robins are lovely little birds and they're as friendly. And if you're out digging in the garden, they're there, they're opportunists. They'd love to get a little worm that you dig up and eat it. And there's your whole recycling going on. And they live all year here. They don't really go away. They don't go far either. They're generally found within five kilometres of where they um, they originated from. And they're birds of little birds of urban and rural. You know, they, they, they make their home anywhere, really. And they're great little singers as well. And um, they keep singing all through the winter to keep in mind on their territory. They're pretty territorial little things. And... Um, and they're also not choosy about what they eat. They'll eat seeds and fruit and insects and worms, and they love mealworms. So the other little thing about them, they, do, they don't have terribly long lives. And I would have thought I was dealing with the same little robin out here for a couple of years. Yeah. But it's they, they basically, they have very high mortality. They start building nests early, and they start having clutches. I mean, they can, you know, they can um, have five broods in, in the one season. Um, so... The, the getting them through the winter and the spring and that time, it kind of plays havoc on them and, and not many of them survive. So, you know, the average would be living, they'd live for about 18 months. That's but mad that, now because, yeah, there's a robin I see in my, in my backyard. I thought it was the same. Rob, probably isn't. Probably yeah, is. well, no, no, but he, well, it might be and it mightn't be, but robins recognise faces. And I got a great uh, example of that. I was doing a garden feature on a man by the name of um, Frank Costello. He's garden here in Limerick. And anyway, this little robin had made friends with him because he was out in the garden a lot and had followed him into the house. And there, sure enough, we were inside looking out. And the next thing, the robin hopped up to the window, came in the door and hopped up onto Frank's shoulder and was quite yeah. happy watching us talking away and not a bother on him. And... Uh, but the other thing about stories, the stories about robins, um, when I came here 35 years ago now, would you believe it? Um, we had very good neighbours down the road, lovely people, Sullivan's are their names. And um, I remember walking down to visit them and uh, I had been telling them about this little robin that we were feeding outside the front door. And, you know, they'd nearly talk to you, they'd nearly sit on your hand. And uh, this Mrs. Sullivan, who was a very shrewd woman, she said to me, oh, she says, congratulations, that's a sure sign that you're pregnant. <laughs> and <laughs> we we had only found out a couple of days beforehand. <laughs> right, <laughs> so we'll have to leave her there, Mairead, but it's a good lesson oh, yeah. there. If you want, don't want to get pregnant, stay away from the robins in your back garden. Right, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We have to take a break after that. Being Gay Black and a Church of England minister. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.